BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. First of all, it's, it's when, the, when the lights come on, the freaks come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. I'm Jacob Lane. This is Matt McGavick. We are from the Pink Seats Podcast. We've got a great episode in store. We have got a great guest who's going to come on to help us kind of get to the bottom of what is the the transfer of Luke McCaffrey from Nebraska to Louisville. Aaron Sorensen from Hale Varsity will join us shortly. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know by now Louisville football has got a new quarterback transfer. We, we've kind of talked about this. We had said, you know, during the, the offensive episodes and even in some of the looking forward that just didn't make a ton of a sense of in terms of the numbers at quarterback. We talked to Coach Pete Thomas earlier. He, you know, kind of talked about that depth is something they're looking to build there. And Luke McCaffrey comes over from Nebraska, having played for Scott Frost for the last two years. He's technically a redshirt freshman. Um, and he brings over a pretty interesting stat line with a lot of things to kind of dissect. Um, again, two years, he started two games at quarterback, played in 11 total games. Uh, Nebraska has been awful the last two years. They went five and seven this last year. They only played eight games. Um, and they did not do well. I think they were three and five on the season. Um, I should know better in terms of what the record is as I'm kind of presenting this here. But he comes over with a stat line that uh, for an uh, for a program with turnover issues, Matt, this is kind of concerning. 608 yards passing in two seasons, three touchdowns to just uh, or two six interceptions in 11 games. What do you think surface level here? Is this a good addition or uh, what are you what are your kind of general thoughts when you heard the news break? I think at face level, it's it's a good addition just because it adds depth to the quarterback room because we, we've talked about several times, not just us, but people all over Louisville media and fans of the program in general, that uh, the quarterback position is just not deep for the program. I mean, before this, Louisville had just three scholarship guys that were coming in. He had Malik, obviously, he had Evan, he had TJ Lewis. Uh, and if you really wanted to say four, you could, but Shy Works is going full-blown with his transfer to a wide receiver. And so th- this helps, if anything else, purely from just creating competition in the QB room, creating an absolute emergency in case the first, second, third, whoever they may be on the depth chart get injured. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen, but I like the move based on what I've seen just on some clips of his film. He looks fairly athletic, and if uh, if Pete Thomas can do a great job of, of molding Malik, who should say he can't do a great job of molding Luke and turning him and turning his raw potential into something uh, worthwhile. 
Yeah, and I didn't even mention kind of what makes him as a player so intriguing, right? He committed to Nebraska, Nebraska two seasons ago as a four-star um, top 300 player, uh, an athlete, though, not even listed as a quarterback, according to his 247 sports profile. But um, he, he finishes his career um, in Nebraska with 89 rushes for 530 yards. And if you look at the film of McCaffrey, him as a runner is where he right now is the best in terms of the quarterback position. Uh, they ran a lot of things very similar to Louisville at uh, Nebraska in terms of RPO, multiple weapons in the backfield, motion all over the place. And so he's pretty uh, you know, adept at being able to run the football, make good decisions on when to hand off, when to run. And man, he had some damn sexy runs. The, the, I think it was a, a 50 or 60 yard run against Ohio State. Um, early in the season on an option play. Um, the kid is, he is an athlete. I mean, you look at Christian McCaffrey's older brother and you can see, like you can see that the genes are really strong in that family. I hope, I really hope that when I grow old, like Ed McCaffrey and I have multiple kids, I hope that I can produce athletes like that, like multiple athletes who are dynamic at what they do. It's Jacob, crazy. that would require you being an, an, an athlete first. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it's, just try to compare myself Luke, to Ed, Luke's McCaffrey to Ed father McCaffrey is did. a multi-time Pro Bowl wide receiver. <laughs> he is also the first white wide receiver that I remember growing up. That Broncos team that he played on was really, really good. He played with John Elway, didn't he? On yeah, he, he was on those teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you, the, the genes are really strong for Luke McCaffrey. But again, uh, on the surface level, it's great, but it's also not so great because you look at six turnovers and you look at how those turnovers were produced. If you go back and you look at all six interceptions, which I did, stateoflouisville.com, go and look at the Luke McCaffrey film breakdown that's on the site. Um, a lot of them are, are bad, like just way, way bad. There's a, I think it was against Penn State, had two crossing receivers right in front of him, 10, 15 yards, and just threw it right to a defensive back, just right to him. I mean, he, he, there's a couple of picks where he underthrows the ball, he overthrows it. He, you can tell that there are some issues there in terms of reading the field, accurately being able to throw, but what makes him so intriguing is the raw athleticism. Mm -hmm. uh, even in the passing plays where, you know, there's some, there's some dud throws, but there is a lot to look at. There are a lot of things that Pete Thomas, um, as a quarterback's coach, has to be so excited to watch on film. Like the play where he spins out of two sacks, able to get outside and throw a 40 or 50-yard pass on a dart right to the receiver. Like that stuff is what coaches can't teach, you know, in terms of just natural athleticism. Um, and so that you bring that into the fold, like you said, this year, you don't need him to play quarterback. That's why I love this move so much. I have a lot of questions, which we'll get to in a second, but I love this move because Evan Conley is the backup this year. I don't think there's any questions about 100%. But you have a guy like Shea Wirtz, who I, I texted you at like 1159 the other night. Like I'm sold on the offense. I'm in, I'm finally in. I was, I've been questioning it. I was concerned. Man wakes up in a cold sweat and goes, I'm sold. I'm sold on the <laughs> offense. Right. But you add Wirtz, who can play quarterback if you need to get to that spot. He's a 3,000 yard passer. So he's a guy who's shown he can throw the football. And then you bring in McCaffrey, same situation, put him behind Conley. And the difference is between, obviously, between McCaffrey and Wirtz is I think that what Pete Thomas really needs to do is immerse Dylan, or, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, uh, Luke McCaffrey into the quarterback position. Like, I, I, I and I want to talk about this here in a second about his role and kind of how you see it, but. I see him being a guy who in year one doesn't play much quarterback in terms of 
being out on the field as the quarterback. I see a lot of two quarterback sets. Nebraska, they did a lot with him and Adrian Martinez, the quarterback at Nebraska, um, where they were both on the field at the same time. And you you add McCaffrey. If you go watch his film of just him running, you're like, I'm sold. I'm sold. I don't need to see anymore. The kid can run. He can score. Anytime he touches the ball, he is either going to run over somebody or he's going to he's gonna go for 50 or 60 yards. Um, you take that and you, you use that as your weapon in your offense and kind of diversify things. We talked about how vanilla it was last year, how Scott Satterfield really needs to kind of diversify an offense. You put a weapon like McCaffrey out there. I was talking to my buddy about this the other day. As a defense, what do you do when there are two players who can throw the football on the field? You know what I'm saying? Like it changes right. things completely. And it's not just that Dylan McCaffrey, or I did it again, Luke McCaffrey. Um, who is Dylan McCaffrey? <laughs> are, oh, it's, it's the other McCaffrey, man. He oh, played at Lord, Michigan. Yeah. I think he just transferred to like Northern Colorado or something. But there's another McCaffrey right. there out there. There is another McCaffrey. There's like five more of them somewhere out there just floating around in the world that playing My quarterbacks. But, but yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about here. And I think the big thing is we just have to, which Louisville fans were not good at this, never have been. Expectations are the key with Luke McCaffrey in terms of what you think he is now and what you think he can be. I think if you can have some patience with him uh, and be excited about him being a weapon this year and not a passer, then we're in this. It's a good marriage, you know, because he, he never has to become a star quarterback for fans to understand that he's a valuable part of the team. And it's going to be interesting, uh, if the staff does decide to maybe undergo a, pos- a position change with him, because I I looked at your film re- review and by the way, kudos to you. You did an excellent job breaking down all thank that you, film. I, I know I couldn't subject myself to watching that much Nebraska football. So even more, <laughs> even more props to you, but uh, I, I, I saw the flashes of potential there. Like, like you said, he's raw athlete. He's a very raw prospect in, in the very, definition of the word meaning he's got flashes of potential and he also doesn't do a like he does he's prone to a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. like and, and plus look at just how many times he threw the ball and how many times he ran the ball he in last year alone just his redshirt freshman year at nebraska he had 76 pass attempts okay cool and he had 65 rushing attempts that's not a lot less that's not a lot fewer than how many times he threw the ball so the it might just be how Nebraska likes to run their offense, but it, it seems like just based off his athleticism alone that they wanted to kind of tailor that just around mainly, maybe not mainly per se, but use his running ability more so than your average dual threat quarterback. And when you just look at his pure pass, ability to pass the ball and then his ability to run the ball, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take a, like a football genius or football mastermind to tell that he looks a lot better as a runner than he does a passer. So I don't know what Pete Thompson is going to be able to do when he finally gets on campus over the summer. Maybe he can work his magic and turn him into me. Maybe doesn't have to be the best pass in the world, but maybe more serviceable because he, he does do some good things well in the passing game. So I was watching his film in that film review. He, when he comes to like scrambling out of the pocket and making some throws on the run, he does that very well. He does great job of keeping the play alive, not just by, extending it by running but just keeping it staying upright and scrambling out of the pocket to try and find that receiver he did that a, a few times really well and then uh he, he's he's very good at i don't know why malik cunningham has struggled over the last couple seasons at throwing to uh shallow to intermediate receivers on the sidelines but that's something mccaffrey did, did really well so there there's 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 a need there in the passing game for louisville right now so it'll be interesting to, to see what direction the staff takes with McCaffrey, whether or not they decide to say, Hey, we're going to keep at you a quarterback, or they're going to probably, they're going to do perhaps the TJ Lewis route and we're going to keep you a quarterback, but maybe, maybe keep ourselves open to a position change later on. 
Yeah, I, I exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do this year because, you know, as I wrote, I think that he could be used in a Taysom Hill type of role this season where he plays quarterback, he plays running back, he plays wide receiver, he lines up in blocking situations. He's that talented of a guy to where you can use him in a variety of ways. Uh, another thing that he's really good at in terms of passing is is targeting the tight ends. Um, Nebraska's offense was – vanilla would be a nice way to put it. They were the same offense over and over again, a lot of short throws. He averaged, More vanilla than what uh, Scott Satterfield is currently doing. Yes, yes. Ooh. And I'll tell you why. It, it's a variety of different things. They played eight games last year, and they finished in the top 25 or top 30 in total rushing attempts. They played eight games – four games fewer than the teams at the very top. And they ran the ball just a handful of times less. So they are Louisville in terms of running the football, um, but they don't do it as well in terms of throwing the football. I I wrote about this, this, this week in in the state of Louisville uh, as a freshman, as a true freshman playing quarterback for Nebraska, Luke McCaffrey averaged 11.8 yards per attempt per pass. Okay. As a fresh, as a redshirt freshman, 6.1 6.1 yards per attempt. They moved the ball Ooh. in two to three yard increments every play. And so they did not move the ball well enough. And I, I think that uh, part of the issue with McCaffrey at Nebraska was their offense was just so predictable. Um, you know, and he he's a Are we good, talking about Nebraska or Louisville now? It seems like you're describing right, Louisville. <laughs> right, but it's it's Louisville, but much worse, right? Louisville outgained their opponents in a lot of games. They did a lot of good things. Malik Cunningham finished in the top five in a ton of statistics and, and quarterback play in the ACC. And they went four and seven because they turned the football over. Nebraska went – McCaffrey, it, it, it's a little bit of an unfair situation. He started two games. He never got a consistent rhythm as a starter. Scott, Scott Frost glared him as the future around here. That's what he said in a direct quote. Like, this guy is the future here. And then he transferred. There's a lot of kind of layers to it here. Uh, but I'm really excited about this. All right, Matt, I think people have ha- had enough of us talking about Luke McCaffrey over and over again, hearing about the word turnovers. So when we come back on the other side of the break here, we're going to talk with Aaron Sorensen from Hill Varsity about Luke McCaffrey and just get a little bit smarter today about Nebraska football. To get a better idea of what Card Nation can expect from the newest addition to the roster, we decided to go to the expert to get the expert analysis. Joining us on From the Pink Seats is Aaron Sorison, who covers football at, at Nebraska as the deputy editor of Hill Varsity and is the co-host of the Mind Your Own podcast. Aaron, welcome into the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And I should say, for anyone who's listening, you both were very gracious with your time because I totally blew you off the first time we were supposed to record and unintentionally. But thank you for your kindness. Well, if you any- are very welcome. And we've been blown <laughs> off far worse in the past. <laughs> yeah, we could go for hours about some of the, the horrors of hosting a podcast, but we won't bore our audience with that. <laughs> but I, I do want to jump straight in here and, and start with what you're the expert in, which is Nebraska football. You've been covering Nebraska for a while. And, you know, I don't know how much Louisville fans know about Nebraska. I, I do like to think that Louisville has a very educated fan base and keeps up with things that are in the, that, that are happening. So, uh, just to kind of start it off here, Scott Frost was hired uh, back in 2017, coming off the national championship at Central Florida, which I'm sure you are so tired of people air quoting that, like talking about the head coach. But they, since then, things have not gone 12 and 20 overall. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting Scott Frost to get things turned around pretty quickly there. Just give me just a general update of what's been happening in the last three years in Nebraska. Oh, boy. Uh, I will say – I, for as much as you joke that like maybe we're tired of hearing about the national championship with central Florida, the coaches actually don't even really claim it. They got the rings and everything. And they're kind of like, you know, this isn't real. <laughs> uh, so at least, at least I think they're on the same page as a lot of, you know, 
college football fans across the country. But yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Scott Frost was the, uh, he's was born and raised in Nebraska while he originally went to Stanford, transferred back to Nebraska and became the like golden boy quarterback comes back to Nebraska. It sort of felt like this was this people were when Bo Pliny was fired from Nebraska, were honestly unsure why he wasn't considered at that time. And instead Mike Riley was hired. So after three years of Mike Riley, finally it's the time to get Scott Frost in the door. And I think the hopes were very, very high. And it hasn't panned out the way really anyone thought it would, at least not yet. Frost has said very, like he's been very consistent that he sees where this is going. He sees that it's getting better. I don't think fans necessarily all completely agree with that. So Nebraska is just sort of at a crossroads right now of what does the future look like? There's certainly talent on this team. But then in the case of someone like Luke McCaffrey, you lose talent and it becomes a question of what's really going on. So it's, it's kind of one of those times at Nebraska where I feel like we're the certainty is just, I don't think people feel great. I think that you have a group of fans who want to be hopeful. And then you have people who've lost that hope. And it's sort of what does 2021 look like? What does it mean for this team? Especially when you can have players coming back for a fifth season without it counting at all because of the NCAA, uh, basically making 2020 mean nothing but yeah i you know if you're listening to this and you're like i i want a deep dive on nebraska same so do i if if anyone <laughs> wants to explain things to me i i would love it uh i think i think it's tough because i think nebraska fans had higher hopes three years in it hasn't exactly panned out as people had hoped it would and i keep using the word hope but hope is what makes people show up for sports and that's the tough part is when there isn't a lot of it. I think that's where, where you get where you are today, which is a lot of frustration. It's it's funny you kind of draw the uh, – say it like that because I think a lot of Louisville fans are questioning what's going to happen in 2021 after going 4-7 and seven this past year. But anyways, uh, going back to Luke McCaffrey, he was a four-star QB coming out of high school. He had a lot of suitors coming after him. And obviously, he landed at Nebraska, but he had Michigan, Ohio State, a bunch of Big Ten, and your typical college football blue bloods going after him. What was the excitement level around Nebraska once uh, McCaffrey committed? And what was Scott Frost's kind of long-term plan or role laid out for him? So it was always really interesting when Nebraska when Nebraska got Luke McCaffrey as a commit. One, he, he comes from a fo- – his football pedigree is incredible. I, I mean, I, I love when I go and read all of the different – just for this podcast, I kind of went and looked at everyone's uh, – announcements that he was committing which by the way or was transferring i am not going to say louisville as well as you i I know i say it wrong i just want to be clear let's just hear it real quick let's hear it i I wanted to say louisville but i know it's like louisville yeah there's like a hard like in the middle of it there that you have to just basically say it like you've got food in your mouth yeah it's like the the peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth it's like louisville yeah right there that's it good job i'm just saying i know i'm gonna mess it up along the way so for anyone for anyone listening i'm sorry no you're not the first one believe us uh, <laughs> um we nebraskans have like no dialect we're very like across the road like very basic with how we speak so it's fine um no I, I you know people were very excited because he was he was presented as the future now there were some questions about would he stay at quarterback especially as nebraska continued to recruit really high level quarterbacks because there was a time where this team had adrian martinez noah vedrill who's now at rutgers luke mccaffrey um 
they they typically are trying to recruit one quarterback per class, which I mean people made fun of this on Hale Varsity's TikTok. We shared a video at the time when it was, you know, this, this, these five quarterbacks and everyone was like, why would you have five quarterbacks? One that's pretty standard for a college football team, but at the same time, that's Nebraska's game. They want a quarterback per class, which means you could potentially have, you know, five or six quarterbacks on the roster, depending on walk-ons and everything else. But there was a little bit of a confusion about when he would play because his timeline didn't match up incredibly well with Adrian Martinez's unless Adrian was on the trajectory to say, leave after his junior year. If at the time when he came in, people were coming off of a really strong Adrian Martinez season where it seemed like, okay, he could leave after his junior season and declare for the NFL draft. And then that would open the door for Luke McCaffrey, which is great because then you'd open the door for, um, Logan Smothers, who's the next quarterback after him. It just felt like it could make sense, but you needed everything to sort of fall into place. As we have seen, it hasn't. Adrian sort of had that sophomore slump. Junior year wasn't, you know, it was better, but it wasn't, I think, the season that people wanted it to be. I don't think 2020 was the season anyone wanted it to be. I mean, heck, we went through all of that to essentially just crown Alabama a champion again. It it didn't pan out for a lot of people like they thought it would. So now you have a situation where Adrian's coming back. He could technically come back for two more years if he wants to. You are getting more and more quarterbacks behind Luke that the window and the opportunity for him to become the starter are slowly closing. And that was the question was, does he stay at quarterback? So all along when people saw him come in, it was, could he move to receiver? Could he become a wide receiver for Nebraska? But Nebraska was adamant he was a quarterback. He would stay a quarterback. He would only be utilized in situations when it was absolutely necessary to move him there. If it was something that made sense, basically a trick play, or it made sense against the defense that they're playing against. But yeah, I mean, I I think Luke, for as much excitement as there was, started to see the writing on the wall that his opportunity really probably wasn't there, especially after how the 2020 season played out because he got to start, he got pulled from being the starter and it just snowballed from there. Before we kind of dive into the nuances and details of his game, the scouting report, if you will, of, of Luke McCaffrey, I, I kind of want to get some more context as to why he transferred, because you talk about, the, you know, you kind of just dove into it a little bit there, the numbers game, but uh, it never felt like Scott Frost at one point said that he is the future around here. I've, I read that quote and I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem to add up with him leaving. And then I go and I look at the game logs and I see he starts two games in the middle of the season, gets the opportunity to play big snaps, plays relatively well. I know he threw a couple of interceptions. They beat Illinois. They beat Penn State, I believe, right? Two of their three wins. And then you don't really see him again on the field. So it never really made sense the way that he was used and the style that he was used. Um, and it also doesn't make sense with the offense. I look at the numbers and they just don't add up, right? His freshman year is his true freshman year he's averaging 11 yards an attempt next season he's averaging six yards an attempt it seems like the offense is just mostly going side to side so when you look at his transfer is it a, a truly a numbers game is it a scheme thing is it a worry about long term like what do you kind of pinpoint being the biggest reason why he decided to to pack his bags and leave without him saying directly which i you know we might hear at some point he may speak uh to media at Louisville and find out exactly what 
sort of was going through his head or at least a more clear idea of what was going through his head. But I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think when you start to see the writing on the wall, as far as not only is Adrian Martinez coming back for his senior season, but he could come back for a fifth year now if he wants it, that becomes difficult. But then you're looking behind you and you see players like Logan Smothers and you see players like Heinrich Harburg, who was, who's the new quarterback that was just recruited onto the team. It becomes just that alone becomes problematic but then yeah I, I so 2020 was interesting and far be it from me to tell Scott Frost or Mario Verduzco how to do their jobs they're they're paid what they are because they're the experts so far be it from me to tell them you should or should not have done something but when they pulled Adrian and started Luke there was this there's this hope and this idea that Luke was going to show everything I think that people thought he would be but he also was coming into a game that he hadn't yet had the full experience I guess I would say like that's a lot of pressure to take on to be him and then in addition to that Nebraska was having some issues this season with the center position whether or not the starting center was healthy things this all just creates a little bit of a a snowstorm like for somebody where it's like you get caught into it and like how do you work through this so then you aren't playing that well so your coach pulls you back out and now the original starter is back I'm not saying like look Luke is probably one of the toughest kids around and I say that from my conversations with him he doesn't seem like somebody who holds on to things for too long he seems like he lets things roll off his back pretty easily so I'm not worried about this affecting him um mentally for a long time but I do think that that's a bit of a that's a bit of a thing to work through is suddenly you were the starter now you're not the starter what does that mean what what does that mean for you in the future and so you have that and then you do have the scheme does he fit within it is he going to be able to play the game that he needs to I Nebraska needs somebody like Nebraska really like they need somebody who can run, but they need somebody who can certainly pass at the same time. But the offense was never really matching up with some of the things that its quarterbacks were strong at. That's the case with Adrian at the same time. Uh, I mean, the receivers, you can't be a successful quarterback if your receivers aren't catching the ball. So yes, it's easy to put a lot of blame on the quarterbacks, but if the receivers also aren't catching the ball, what do you do? So I think it's almost like all of these things playing into it. It's probably do I have a spot here? If I do have a spot, what even is that spot? Can I become the starter again? And if I become the starter, is it even the scheme I want to play in? I honestly think all of these things probably led to that ultimate decision of him being like, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me any longer. And so it had been rumored for a while, which you brought up that quote from Scott Frost. I want to just put that into context. Scott said that like right before he chose to transfer, which makes it even weirder because Frost says he's the future. And then like days later, he announces he's leaving. So maybe that was a one like last ditch effort to try to keep him in the fold. Who knows? We know they really liked him, but it didn't work out. And now he hopefully has found a better situation. Although it's a situation, at least from a quarterback position, that seems very similar to what he was just in. So it should be interesting. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it, it seems like you're describing a lot of what Louisville went through. But anyways, I want to kind of get to know how uh, McCaffrey is actually on the field with this play. I know, first of all, Louisville fans are pretty excited when you say, hey, we're landing a top, a former top 300 player, a four-star dual-threat quarterback, which Louisville's seen a lot of successful dual-threat QBs come through here. But then when you kind of look at his passing stat line from this previous year, it's, it's not exactly the prettiest. Played in 11 games, started a couple, like you said. Threw for 608 yards, three touchdowns, but he also threw in six interceptions. Uh, descri- kind of describe how McCaffrey is as a quarterback and where he played well and where he didn't play well. He's athletic as heck. Like, that is just something that everyone needs to be aware of. Like, there, there is there are a few people who are as athletic as him. Like, he, he makes plays, and he can move the ball, and he can run real, really, really well. Um, where he has work to do is the decision-making and that decision-making ultimately affects his throws. Uh, he has, a, he, he has a good throwing arm. He can, he can make incomplete passes. The issue is that decision-making. Is he going to make the decision he needs to quick enough? I think a lot of that has to do with, does he have the right receivers? Does he have the offensive line that's going to protect him? Uh, Cause he can certainly scramble out of a situation, but you don't want your quarterback having to scramble every single play. He could certainly do it, but I will say as somebody who has covered Nebraska long enough and has watched quarterbacks scramble out of bad offensive lines for a lot of my career uh, it is not how you want to play your game. So, you know, ton of potential he has a ton of potential and I was going to say I was I I had a chance to read Jacob's film your film study on him and I so agree with what you said that this all comes with the caveat of his role matters what is his role what do you want from him he can be incredibly successful but you have to know what role he plays and I think maybe that was part of the issue at Nebraska is there was a lot of uncertainty about what is his role? What are we trying to accomplish with him? Because he came in and it felt like you brought him in to be what Adrian wasn't. So Adrian wasn't able to necessarily run like Luke, but Adrian was able to throw better than Luke was, but you can't keep switching. Cause every time you do the defense is like, well, I know what you're doing today. So Luke has to progress with his decision-making that will help make him a more effective thrower. And I mean, I think if you're Louisville, you want to put him in a situation where he can be successful. So if he's open to playing receiver and you're willing to put him on the field there, do it. Because there's somebody, there are a few people like him that run as hard as he can and can make plays. He just makes plays. But it also depends on the situation you put him in. So if Louisville can put him in a good situation – really 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 good pickup to get him it again I'm like looking at it right now because I love these lines you said low risk high reward move 100% picking him up is why wouldn't you there's a ton of potential for a high reward here because the athlete that he is there what what risk is there to that if he doesn't end up playing he transfers somewhere else the the play against I think it's Illinois where he has pressure up the middle within two seconds and he's able to roll out of the pocket to his left shoulder running full speed and throw a ball 35 yards down the field at that point I texted Matt this is like 11:59 at night I'm sold like that's enough for me right there that's the athleticism you need and then you know you can fall back on him being a running back at worst I think Louisville just interestingly running enough took to, a yeah. they took a, a kid out of Georgia Southern that was a 3,000 yard passer 3,000 yard rusher uh, and that triple option system moving him to wide receiver so it could be that maybe that this is the year that they try to figure out if that works and that can become kind of like a pipeline for them maybe McCaffrey fits into it Matt and I talked about this last night a little bit when we were recording the the pre-episode for this 
I think right away we'll know a lot about what his role is. Do they, do they hold him back and they say, we're not going to put you on the field right now. We want you to be immersed in the quarterback position. Or do they say, Hey, we'll teach you quarterback on the side, but right now we see you as an athlete and we just need you out on the field. That to me is going to be a really big indicator of what they see in him long-term uh, moving on here. I don't know if there is the, the one thing that you have spent all off season kind of talking about with Nebraska, like as you kind of replay what the season was for Louisville fans and Louisville media, we have talked about turnovers more than I could ever imagine in my entire life. I've said too? that word. That's all we talk about these days. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, that's pretty much word. all we've talked about. Exactly. Right. And so when you look at McCaffrey, this is where I think a lot of the confusion from the fans sets in. I, we put out a, a question this morning on our Twitter poll or a, a poll out on Twitter of what's the grade you give this move. And there's a, res, a, a really high number of B's and C's, which, you hmm. know, in my opinion, that makes a little bit of sense if you're looking at it one way or another. Again, context matters there. But when you look at him, turnovers were an issue. Matt said he had six interceptions. I also saw he you know, fumbled the ball a lot on the first play of the game against Illinois. He runs a trick screen pass that he tries to throw forward laterally when he's getting tackled. I mean, you can just see there that there is some some indecision in his throwing and things like that. Um, is, this an, is this a long-term thing? You think turnovers are something that he just kind of – that's him as a quarterback? Or is this something that you think with the right quarterback coach, the right scheme, a lot of time watching film that he can correct I think a lot of I think a lot of his turnovers were Nebraska turnovers I I think you have to own them as a player too but I do think Nebraska as a whole has a turnover issue I want to just be clear about that Illinois game just we got to give we got to give credit where credit is due Lovey Smith put together an incredible game plan against Nebraska for that game they knew exactly what they, they knew what they were getting from Nebraska and they executed that game plan so so well and Nebraska never adapted to it it was like Nebraska went in with this game plan and didn't know how to adjust to it uh so credit to Lovey Smith uh he and his beard will forever be remembered (laughs) in the Big Ten because he's incredible for it but I mean that game they they just had Nebraska's number and owned every every facet of that game but you look at it and yes he had three interceptions in that game the thing is is like again in this this is coming from like Nebraska's quarterbacks coach, Mario Verduzco would tell you this, like they own everything. They take the blame. It is their fault. When a fumble happens, it's their fault. When an interception happens, it's their fault. And he's not saying that like facetiously, he's not saying, Oh, you guys all blame me. All everyone blames us for this. He's saying, you know, this is on us. This is our job to take this and own this, which is fair. So yes, he certainly has plenty that he has to think about with that. That is partially decision-making. I think time in the right system will help calm him down. I think having faith and trust in his receivers will help quite a bit. Things for Luke just seem to spiral. When things got bad, they just got bad. But I want to be clear, that was the case with the whole team. When things got bad, they just kept getting worse. So his turnovers certainly are something that need to be addressed, but I would be careful if I was a Louisville fan to say like well that's who he is because you have to also understand that Nebraska's had a turnover issue and this is this this predates him Nebraska's turnover issue predates Luke McCaffrey it is an issue that Scott Frost inherited and it has just kept on going so yeah it definitely deserves a little bit of a you know an asterisk of like hey we should be aware of that but I don't think I would I don't think I would dock him too much for it, at least not yet, because he he just needs more time 
is really what I believe. I think he just needs more time, the right coaching and the right system and the right players to be around. I, and I think a lot changes for him. And uh, just to kind of build off that specifically kind of Nebraska struggles, when you look at McCaffrey kind of as a passer, you can see a player who has a lot of natural ability, whether like we've talked about, whether it's in the pocket or when he's kind of rolling out, kind of making throws on the run. But however, you can also see someone who is extremely raw and sometimes relies on his athleticism, maybe a little bit too much. When would you say he's at his best? And what do you think kind of leads to his struggles? Do you, do you think it's, uh, like you said, Frost scheme, the lack of offensive weapons, or is it something that maybe he needs to take a little bit more credit for? I, I think that you hit the nail on the head right there. I think knowing – I I think he relies on his athleticism, and I think a little bit of that comes from the fact that he comes from a very athletic family. I think there's a little bit of a, a, a swag to that family where they know what they're capable of. They know what they can do. And so I think he knows he can bail himself out in certain situations, which is – great uh but there's also a point where you have to say i can't i can't do this like i'm gonna have to rely on doing you know i'm going to have to take a step back and actually go through my progressions i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna have to check all my options before i just decide to like handle it myself he is somebody who is incredibly raw he's young um i mean he could probably even stand to put on just a little bit more weight um I don't want to say too much because you say too much weight and people get really, really nervous with quarterbacks that suddenly then they're going to be too big that their like biceps can't throw any longer. It's, it's my favorite thing. Off that season, and small hands. You, you just yeah, love to hear those little hands. nitpicky things about quarterbacks. Quarterback off season talk is amazing. Cause they're either too big or too small. There's no in between. There's no perfect. There's it's no like, perfect QB model. No, everyone's nope. just too big, too small or. His biceps are too big. He'll never be able to throw the ball any longer. Um, But I do think he could stand to put on just a little bit of weight because I think it would make him, especially if there's potential that he could be moving to a receiver or running back type of position, just having a little more weight on his body would certainly help. Good weight, of course. Um, I think for him, he just, I think he could have worked in Scott's, in Scott's scheme. I, I do. I think he sort of was a quarterback built for what Scott Frost wanted to do. It's just unfortunate. I think he wasn't going to have that space. He wasn't going to find that spot. So, you know, he needs to take his ownership of growing and learn the playbook, know the playbook, like the back of your hand and be comfortable in what you're doing and have that command over everything that's going on. But with the right scheme, the right weapons around him, I think that also will help. I think when you have faith in everything around you, And that's not to say that he didn't have faith in what he had around him at Nebraska, but we knew this going into 2020 receiver was going to be a question and the offensive line was, well, we thought the offensive line was going to be stronger, but it continued to have issues when your offensive line and your receivers aren't able to help you build up that trust in what's going on around you. It's going to make it hard to feel confident. It's going to make it hard for you to trust the playbook, learn the playbook, all of that. So I still feel like there's a really, really high ceiling for Luke. And if given the opportunity, he can, he can certainly shine. I, he's too good of an athlete not to find something where he can be really, really good. 
All right, last question here before we get on out. Let me ask you a little bit about what you've going on. As I kind of, you know, was researching the perfect media person from Nebraska, I stumbled <laughs> upon Hill Varsity um, and Thank all you. of the media that is. And honestly, it's a great site, a lot of cool things. It's actually, you know, the state of Louisville was built to kind of be very similar. A lot of different multimedia avenues, ways to uniquely cover the program. Tell me just quickly what, what you specifically like to write about, what you, you know, kind of specialize in and what you have going on right now, writing and pos- podcasting wise. Yeah, so I stepped out of being more of a traditional beat writer about three years ago. So in my role as deputy editor, I do a lot more of the planning of content, especially for our website, but I still like to take on projects. So I do a lot of features. I'm a big fan of um, trying to tell stories I feel like no one else is getting. So like I've done a day in the life of Adrian Martinez. I followed him around for an entire day to show like the everyone always points to that NCAA commercial where it was like the joke commercial of like them waking up and they play like it wasn't like that. I didn't even get the idea from that, but it, you know, it was good that it worked out that way. Cause it was like, here's the real day in the life. But <laughs> I really like diving into name image likeness and everything that's going on around that. So you'll see more of that on Hill varsity soon and um, have the podcast. I, I, I love um, ours is mind your own, which is kind of a play on the idea of not sticking to sports mm-hmm. because I've been told that mm-hmm. enough in my lifetime to stick to sports. But yeah, Hill Varsity, like you said, I've had a chance to look around your website. It's really a multimedia experience. So if you're not really big into reading, you can certainly just check out the podcast. If you would rather watch videos on YouTube, by all means. Um, But yeah, we're in the same boat. It sounds like you all are. where We're just trying to figure out like, what is 2021 going to be? I mean, we just got to get to spring football at this point. It just feels so strange. We're coming up on like, what, one year since like the world of sports, like, shut down um so hopefully some normalcy in the future that would be nice uh nebraska being a part of the big 10 there's been no fans at things for a very long time so yeah 2021 just uh looking forward to hopefully getting a little bit more normal again and you know we'll still be here to talk about uh the turnover problem why they're not running the dang ball enough uh is the quarterback's biceps too big i mean because certainly that is the off-season talk you just run through it oh uniforms what are the uniform like are they gonna do a alternate uniform i mean we just got you just got to check off all of the off-season stuff <laughs> you're exactly right and louisville put out their their throwback jerseys at the end of last year i don't know if you've seen this aaron if you haven't go take oh, a look no. but they oh were God. nebraska they, they we look exactly like, nebraska. like nebraska's uniforms what it, yeah i think it was yeah. was that the last week of the season matt that they wore no those? it was the second last it was okay. against syracuse yeah, Aaron, I'll send you I'll send you a tweet oh, of no. the jersey so you can get a look at these. They are Nebraska uniforms. I'm pretty sure they just like either borrowed them or repurposed them, whatever the case you, is. You are Adidas too, and in an Adidas program, it is funny. Like I don't have an issue with Adidas. I actually like like Adidas look. However, when it comes to uniforms, like when when Wisconsin was still Adidas before they went to Under Armour. It was like you turn on the TV and if you didn't look close enough, you had no idea if it was Wisconsin or Nebraska playing. You're like, I think Mm -hmm. that's a team. Like, I have no idea. Like Nebraska is very traditional. They want their uniform. So you touch that uniform and like even just like turn it black and people are like up in arms. So we spend like a good like two weeks every year in the off season just talking about uniforms. So we're not. It there sounds yet. riveting. It sounds riveting. We're not. Yeah, we're not there. But thankfully, hope we're not going to have the long seventeen-month off season that we had last year, leading I into the twenty twenty season. So, but Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. If you're interested in checking out more of her work, you can follow her on Twitter at at Aaron Sorensen. Be sure to check out HailVarsity.com as well as the Mind Your Own podcast, available anywhere podcasts are found. Aaron, thank you again. 
Another big thank you to Aaron for joining us to talk about Luke McCaffrey. Uh, after the episode ends here, you're not done. Go to the next episode. Matt and I are going to break down uh, spring practice a little bit more in depth, talk about some specifics that we heard from Scott Satterfield and some of the other coaches this week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.